We're constantly told that the political problems in the world are supposedly the product of a conflict between democracy and authoritarianism. This is basically the geopolitical equivalent of the culture war strategy where neoliberal politicians try to distract from the economic causes for political problems and instead try to make everything about culture. And, and the international level, that looks like the so-called clash of civilizations argument, where wars are not because of imperialism, they're not because corporations want to exploit natural resources and labor, it's because of a clash of of civilizations, right? They go back thousands of years. Basically, that's the same misleading strategy that is used to try to portray economic conflicts as rooted in democracy versus authoritarianism. Of course, this framing serves Western corporations and Western imperialist governments that act on behalf of the interests of those Western corporations that want to exploit all of the world's natural resources, and labor to make money off of it. So what I'm saying is that the root of these political problems is, of course, economics. And by the way, you know who has said very clearly that, that this is true, that the conflict is not between democracies and authoritarians? None other than the top foreign policy official of the European Union, Joseph Borrell. He acknowledged that the new Cold War that the West is waging on China and Russia is not a conflict of democracy and autocracy because, as he admitted, on our side, there are a lot of authoritarian regimes. This will coexist with a broader uh, democracies versus authoritarians, a big divide. I wouldn't exist, I wouldn't insist a lot on it because in our side, there are a lot of authoritarian regimes. We cannot say we are the democracies and the ones who follow us are also democracy. That's not true. That's not true. Now, this is a very revealing and very important admission from Europe's top foreign policy official because he is acknowledging that this new Cold War between the US and Europe on one side and China and Russia on the other is not actually about so-called democracies versus authoritarians. It is a conflict between opposing economic systems. The economist Michael Hudson has talked about this in great detail. I have multiple interviews with, with him where he discusses this, but, but at the end, at, fundamentally, it is a conflict between the Western financialized neoliberal capitalist economies, which are predicated on imperialism and super exploitation of labor in the global South and extraction of resources from the global South on one side. And on the other side, China's socialist economic model and the state-led industrial capitalist model represented by countries like Russia and Iran, who, yes, they don't, you know, they're not socialist models, but they have significant state intervention in the economy. They have state control over strategic natural resources like oil and natural gas and minerals. And they do not simply allow big corporations, especially private banks, to dictate what national interests are. So this is, of course, what the reality of the conflict is. But if you listen to what Western politicians say, they try to make it seem like this new Cold War is a conflict between democracy and autocracy. Here is an excerpt of the speech that U.S. President Joe Biden gave in his first State of the Union address in March. 
In the battle between democracy and autocracies, democracies are rising to the moment, and the world is clearly choosing the side of peace and security. This is the real test. Now, what's funny is how we can contrast what Biden said to what the top EU foreign policy official Joseph Borrell said. They are clearly contradictory comments. How can we reconcile that? Well, one, Biden's speech was given for the public and the world. It was a State of the Union address. Borrell's speech was made on October 10th at the opening of the EU Ambassadors Conference in Brussels. That is to say, Borrell's speech was for internal consumption. He was speaking to fellow European diplomats. So he can speak more honestly and more frankly. So I want to go through some parts of the speech that Burrell gave because it's very revealing. The speech shows how Western politicians will say one thing in public while privately among themselves they'll say another. They, they know that the new Cold War is not a conflict between so-called democracy and autocracy, as Biden said. They know it is a fundamental conflict between opposing economic systems, one in which Western corporations control the government and tell and control the world and tell everyone what to do and one in which the state is fundamentally in charge not corporations those are the two opposing fundamental the two fundamentally opposing systems that we're talking about here i wrote an article about this over at multipolarista.com and it has the links to the sources including the original speech that joseph burrell gave on october 10th i'm going to link to that article in the description below so let me go to this speech that the top EU foreign policy official, Joseph Burrell, gave. And in this speech, he acknowledges that there is a fundamental contradiction that is structuring the entire world or restructuring the entire world. That is the U.S.-China competition, he said. That is the fundamental conflict is between the U.S. system and the Chinese system. The U.S., of course, being the leader of the global capitalist system and China being the largest socialist country in the world. So listen to this very revealing and very interesting comment where the top EU foreign policy official acknowledges that the West has many authoritarian regimes on its side and this conflict is not between democracies versus authoritarians. There are many cultures around the world which are the, the trends that move this world. First, a messy multipolarity. A messy multipolarity. There is the US-China competition. This is the most important structuring force. The world is being structured around this competition, like it or not. The two big powers, big, 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 very big, are competing and this competition will restructure the world. And this will coexist with a broader uh, democracies versus authoritarians, a big divide. I wouldn't exist, I, would, I wouldn't insist a lot on it because in our side, there are a lot of authoritarian regimes. You cannot say we are the democracies and the ones who follow us are also democracy. That's not true, that's not true. Yes, there is a fight between the democratic systems and the authoritarian systems, but authoritarianism is unhappily developing a lot. It's not just China, it's not just Russia. There is uh, an authoritarian trend. Sometimes it's still wearing the democracy 
the democracy suits, but it's no longer democracies. And there are some ones who are not democracies at all. They don't even take the, the pity of look like democracies. So this competition is the structuring forces. The fight between democracies and authoritarian, it's there, but it's much more than that. Note how he says that the U.S.-China conflict is the most important structuring force. The world is being structured around this competition. So he acknowledges that this is the new Cold War. It's a conflict between these two systems. It's not about democracy versus authoritarianism. The irony is that this is the top EU foreign policy official admitting this. But you see sometimes people, you know, especially many liberals, but also people who claim to be on the left, anarchists, so-called libertarian socialists, you'll see that they often defend Western imperialism more enthusiastically than the Western imperialist politicians themselves, because they deeply believe that the conflict in the world is supposedly between democracy and autocracy. They can't see that it's actually an economic conflict. They claim to be against capitalism, but they fundamentally fail to see that it's nothing to do with democracy and autocracy, that Western capitalist regimes are some of the most authoritarian regimes on earth. The U.S. government is one of the most authoritarian regimes on earth. It has 25% of the world's prisoners with less than 5% of the global population. The U.S. is waging war around the world with over 800 foreign military bases. The U.S. is imposing sanctions on countries that represent one quarter of the global population. That's a form of brutal authoritarianism. The U.S. thinks that it can imprison anyone in the world if they violate domestic U.S. law. It's trying to throw Julian Assange, a journalist, in prison for the rest of his life for supposedly violating U.S. law, for doing the crime of journalism. The U.S. is doing the same to people from Iran and North Korea and China and Venezuela. The U.S. kidnapped a Venezuelan diplomat and is imprisoning him. So the U.S. is one of the most authoritarian regimes on earth. It has nothing to do with democracy and authoritarianism. Again, I repeat myself, it is a conflict of economic interests. And in this speech, the top EU foreign policy official Borrell continues, and he talks about how the world is in a state of messy multipolarity, something I talk about a lot. He acknowledges that the world is increasingly multipolar, and it's a messy multipolarity. And he says the world is not purely bipolar. And he acknowledges that there are many countries, especially in the global south, that he refers to as swing states who refuse to pick a side in this new Cold War. Listen to this very interesting comment. The world is not purely bipolar. We have uh, multiple players and poles, and each one looking for their interests and values. Look at Turkey, India, Brazil, South Africa, Mexico, Indonesia. They are middle powers, they are swing states, they vote on one side or the other according with their interest, not only their theoretical values, but these people, I mentioned them again, Turkey, India, Brazil, South Africa, Mexico, Indonesia, are players on poles. And this creates this uh, messy multipolarity. These people, and <laughs> there are a lot of people inside, these are there and not always following us. Look, the Mexico president speech. Now, as an example of one of these countries that is independent, 
Joseph Burrell, the top EU foreign policy official named Mexico specifically, he singled out the, the left-wing Mexican president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, or AMLO for short, and, and Burrell kind of angrily pointed out that the Mexican president Lopez Obrador, he wrote a letter to the European Union. I actually wrote an article about this over at Multipolarista in March, and I translated the letter that Mexican President AMLO sent to the European Union. He condemned it as the European Parliament as, quote, flunkies of the reactionary and coup-plotting strategy of the corrupt right-wing oligarchs in Mexico. And he condemned the European Union. He, he said they need to evolve and leave behind their obsessive meddling disguised as good intentions. And he told Europe, don't forget, we are no longer a colony of anyone. Mexico is a free, independent, and sovereign country. So this reflects this conflict that I'm talking about. It's not between democracy and authoritarianism. It's between imperialism and countries that want to be independent and sovereign. And Mexico is a good example of the economics of this. U.S. and European corporations have tried to control Mexico's natural resources and exploit its labor. But AMLO, the first left-wing Mexican president in many decades, he nationalized all of Mexico's oil and all of Mexico's lithium. And he says, those natural resources belong to the Mexican people, not to foreign corporations. That again shows the conflict is not between so-called democracy and authoritarianism. In fact, the irony is that Mexico, its president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, is one of the most popular presidents in the world. He consistently has between 70 and 80% popular approval compared to the U.S., Congress, which has consistently around 20% approval. And yet the U.S. and the EU condemn AMLO in Mexico and say that he has authoritarian tendencies. And yet he is significantly more popular among his actual people. That's actual democracy. By the way, Harvard University published a study in 2020 that found that 95% of people in China have a positive view of their government. Whereas in the U.S., again, it's around 20%. And yet they say China's authoritarian and the U.S. is supposedly democratic. It shows that those words mean nothing. And this is not a conflict between democracy and authoritarianism. And the fact that the EU top foreign policy official, Borrell, the fact that he singled out AMLO is very revealing. Because AMLO is a, an independent left-wing leader who does not want his country to be subordinated to Western imperialism. And in his speech, the top EU foreign policy official Borrell, he continued and he acknowledged that most of the global south is independent in this new Cold War. Now, I have a separate episode that I, in which I discussed an article that was written by two former U.S. diplomats, and they admitted that 87% of the world's population, that is the, the global south, is independent. They have not joined the West's new Cold War on Russia and China. So now we see, again, in a speech to fellow EU ambassadors, this is not a public speech, this is a speech made to fellow EU ambassadors, Borrell admits that the Global South does not, is not joining in their Cold War. And why? Because they blame the West for the global system being unfair and biased against them. Listen to this very revealing quote. And in the middle of that, we have the Global South. And these people don't want to be forced to take side in this geopolitical competition. 
more. They feel that the global system doesn't deliver and they are not receiving their part. They are not receiving enough recognition and they don't have the role they should have according with their population and their economic ways. And when facing this multiple crisis, this multipolar crisis, financial crisis, food, energy, it was clear that they are not there following us because they blame us, rightly or not. So no, when, when Borrell says the so-called global system, that is the rules-based international order that the West constantly talks about, in which they make the rules and they order everyone around. And he admits that Global South countries feel the global system does not deliver. They are not receiving their part. They are not receiving recognition. They do not have a role according to their population and their economic weight. He's admitting, for instance, that countries like India and Brazil and Indonesia and Kenya and Ethiopia, these massive in Pakistan, massive countries with huge populations, they are not given permanent seats on the UN Security Council. But France and Britain, which are significantly smaller countries, do have permanent seats. That's a, a product of colonialism. So Borrell admits that this system is not fair. It's not balanced on behalf of the global south. And, that, and they blame the West for that, rightfully, because Western imperialists created this unfair system. Their, their beloved rules-based order in which they make the rules. And that's why the world is becoming increasingly multipolar. And again, in this part of his speech, he repeated that word, multipolar. He, said, he referred to multipolar crises. Earlier in his speech, he talked about messy multipolarity. So these are the Western imperialists acknowledging that their, their system that they created to act on behalf of their economic interests is in decline because of the rise of the global south. And later in his speech, Burrell admitted that this conflict between the West and China and Russia, specifically this conflict between the US and China, that's the fundamental conflict. It's between the US and China. He acknowledged that one of the reasons that China has popular support is because it has genuinely improved the standard of living of people of its people lifting over 850 million people in China out of extreme poverty, ending extreme poverty, but also other people in other countries building infrastructure, providing loans and economic programs. So here, Burrell, the top EU foreign policy official, he refers to China as our systemic rival. He says that means our systems are in rivalry. He doesn't say Russia is our systemic rival. He says Russia is a threat but that's because, he, because Russia doesn't have a socialist economic system. There are conflicts, like I said, between the Russian state-led capitalist system in which natural resources are like oil and gas and, and, and some of the banks are owned by the state. And the state takes priority over corporate interests. It's still capitalist, but it's not the Western financialized neoliberal system. But he doesn't say that the conflict is between the Western and the Russian system. He says the conflict is between the Western capitalist system, and the Chinese system. Specifically, he means the socialist system. This is the top EU foreign policy official admitting exactly what we have been saying when I say we anti-imperialists, socialists. We've been saying this. This is a conflict of systems like the first Cold War. 
And he says that China is our systemic rival and it has improved living conditions. So he says the West has to prove that it's supposedly superior in scare quotes. And this gets to the very racist comments that Joseph Burrell made three days later in a speech on October 13th. I have a separate video and podcast explaining those comments in which Burrell referred to the West as a beautiful garden. And he said the rest of the, the, the world in the global South is a dangerous jungle that is going to wage war on the garden. I talked about the incredible racism, the neo-colonial mentality, the hypocrisy given the history of European colonialism and invasions around the world and genocide and ethnic cleansing. I talked about that in a separate video and podcast. You can find that. I'll, I'll link to that in the description below. But the point is that here you can understand when he said those comments three days later, these are the comments he made three days before, and he's foreshadowing those comments. And he's saying that, that look, in the, in the West, we are supposedly free, in scare quotes, and we have to defend our system because a lot of people see the Chinese socialist system as an a better alternative because it's genuinely lifting people out of poverty. It's genuinely creating employment. It's genuinely raising living standards. So listen to this very revealing comment here. When we say that China is our rival, systemic rivals, systemic rivals means that our systems are in rivalry. And the Chinese are trying to explain to the world that their system is much better because, well, maybe you are not going to choose your head of government, but you will have food and heat and social services. You will improve your living conditions. And many people in the world, yes, they go and vote and choose their government, but their material conditions are not being improved. And at the end, people want to live a better life. And we have to explain which are the links between political freedom and a better life. And I'm always saying the same thing. We Europeans, we have the extraordinary chance. We live in the world, in this part of the world, where political freedom, economic prosperity, and social cohesion are the best. It's the best combination of all of that. But the rest of the world is not like this. And our fight is to try to explain that the democracy, freedom, political freedom, is not something that can be exchanged by economic prosperity or social cohesion, that both things have to go together. Otherwise, our model will perish, will not be able to survive in this world. We are, we are too much uh, Kantians and not uh, enough Hobbesians, no? as the philosopher says. Well, let's try to understand the world the way it is and bring the voice of Europe. When I heard those comments, I was very shocked that he would admit something like this. Because, like I said, this is confirmation from the top EU foreign policy official, basically Europe's foreign minister. It's confirmation of exactly what anti-imperialists have been saying for, for years now about the new Cold War being rooted in a class conflict, like all wars. All wars are class wars. This is a war between the US-led capitalist system with its neoliberal model and, the, and China's socialist model. And in this speech as well, Burrell acknowledged that a huge part of this new Cold War is the information war. He referred to it as the global battle of narratives. And he said that in this messy multipolar world, Everything is being weaponized, including energy, 
and information. And he said that the West has to engage better in the information war. Although I'll actually say that one of the few things that the imperialist West has going for it is they're very good at information war because they control the media around the world. Corporate media is run by these corporations that serve Western corporate Western government interests, which are one and the same as Western corporate interests, because all those Western imperialist governments are controlled by corporations and billionaire capitalist oligarchs. And in his speech here, Burrell said he implored all of the EU diplomats he was speaking to. He said, you need to be more engaged in this information war. You need to, he said, it's not just a battle of tanks and missiles and troops. It's also a battle to win the spirits and souls of the people. So listen to this revealing comment as well. But I think that all of you have to do much more on communication. And we provide you with materials. And I think that uh, it's not, I have the feeling that you don't transmit the message strongly enough. I need my delegations to step, to step up on social media, on TV, on debates, retweet our messages, our external action service materials, do it in local languages. So uh, I need you to be much more engaged on this battle of narrative. It's not, it's not something secondary. It's not just uh, winning the wars by sending tanks and missiles and troops. It is a big battle. Who is going to win the spirits and the souls of the people? So there you have it. That is the European Union admitting that the new Cold War is a conflict between competing economic systems and that they're engaged in an information war to try to convince the rest of the world that the neoliberal capitalist model in the West is supposedly the best model and that China's socialist model or other state-led models are not superior. This is a fundamental conflict of competing economic systems. As he himself said, it is not a conflict between autocracy and democracy, between democracy and so-called authoritarianism. As I said, the Western so-called democracies are not democratic. Polls show that the most popular governments in the world among their actual people are China's socialist government and Vietnam's socialist government. It was actually, ironically, a NATO-backed poll that reluctantly admitted that, and that the Western so-called democracies are some of the least popular governments in the world, with approval ratings around 20% or 30%. So hearing those comments directly from the mouth of the top EU foreign policy official, I think is very important. And I didn't see this reported on any other media outlet. So when I heard the racist comments, the neo-colonialist comments he made about the garden and the jungle that inspired me to, to start looking at his other speeches because I wanted to see what other ridiculous nonsense he was saying. And I found some of these very interesting remarks where if you read between the lines, you can actually see what they're really getting at. And they're admitting the reality of the new Cold War. I want to thank everyone who listened to this program. I'm Ben Norton of Multipolarista. If you want to support this journalism that I do here, it's completely independent. I have no big backers, no sponsors. You can go to patreon.com slash multipolarista, or you can go to multipolarista.com slash support and support me in other ways. And I will link in the description below to this article 
and you can have a link to all of the sources that I discussed in this video and podcast. I'll see you all next time. Thanks a lot.